Welcome to episode 8 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of the What, When, Wine Diet, Paleo and Intermittent Fasting for Health and Weight Loss. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jenstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like a hundred brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous. And they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. 
I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalonsCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalonsCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalonsCloset.com. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode eight of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hello. And everything, everything is just going really well and amazing and wonderful with this podcast. We are getting so many questions. In fact, pretty soon we'll probably be switching over to just listener Q&A um, so we can definitely get through all the questions we've been receiving because there's been 
a lot. <laughs> we really are. We're getting so many questions, and they're great questions, so we want to address them, but leaving the time to address them is important, so we're going to have to, like you said, answer questions for a yeah, while. Yeah, so keep them coming, um, and even if you feel like even if you're not sure, if you just started listening and you're not sure if your question has been addressed on the podcast, feel free to go ahead and submit your question anyway because um, it's great for us to just tackle even the same subject um, multiple times from different angles. So don't worry about that at all. Um, so Jen, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Anything new going on in your life? Um, y- yes. So this week I actually worked on a commercial and it was so... It was the most secretive, intense set I've ever been on. Um, They made us sign like non-disclosure agreements saying that we will never, ever say we were in it, even after it Um, comes out. Wow. They're like, even after it comes out, if, if you see us in it, we have to say it's not us. Now I just totally want you to tell me what it was. I know, I know. (laughs) But it was just kind of crazy. And then like, um... So I can't say obviously anything really about it except um, the the product or whatever. We couldn't even say the name of the product while we were shooting it, and we couldn't mention the company. We had to just call them the client. Wow, it was so you, you can't put it on your resume. Oh yeah, no, they were like, so you can never put this on your resume. You can never, yeah. Wow, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, That's so it, intense. It was also really long. It was like. <laughs> 16 or 17 hours well I hope it was fun was it fun it was fun it was crazy and secretive and fun (laughs) so how are you I'm doing well it's been um you know we've got our high school graduation behind us now so I have no children in public school anymore yes it's it's very strange and I just booked a family cruise for us to celebrate this this graduation, which actually inspired us to talk about the the topic of traveling this week, traveling on intermittent fasting. Speaking of cruises, I've actually never been on a cruise. Have you? Well, oh, I've been on a bunch. I feel like everybody has. Yeah, I I had not been till maybe till I was like forty. So you've got a while. Okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Which one are you going on? We are going um, – we love Carnival um, because they have so many ports and so many destinations that you can always find something that suits your your itinerary. A lot of the cruise lines don't travel out of Florida in the summer. I guess it's not your peak season, but it's when we can travel because I'm a teacher and my husband teaches at the college level. My stu- kids are – you know, my, my personal children are out of school, so – Basically, it's like, where can we go based on what we can find? So we're traveling on Carnival out of Miami. We're going to Key West, and we're going to Cozumel. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've been to both of those places, but my husband loves Key West. He always wants to go to Key West. That's exciting. I want to go now. Oh, it really is fun because, I don't know, when you travel with certain people, my husband, (laughs) he... (laughs) He doesn't like to make decisions like, where are we going to eat? When are we going to eat? What are we going to eat? So... Notice all about food, but when you're on a cruise, those decisions are made for you. You have, and and, and it's all included in the cost too. Right. So if you're like a, a nickel and dimer who doesn't like to spend another penny, you've paid for it. So you don't have to debate: should I? Should I not? I've heard it's, it's unlimited food, right? It's just, it is unlimited food, which which is is, is it unlimited food. wine and 
or do you, do you alcohol or do you pay for that? They have packages. I just started using the packages last summer. My husband and I went on a cruise for our 25th anniversary. And so he, like I said, doesn't like to, he, he doesn't want to make a decision to spend money. So he, he might want to have a glass of wine, but he doesn't want to pay for the glass of wine, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. paying for the alcohol package really loosens him up. So Okay. So we, <laughs> no pun intended. We, exactly. We are getting the alcohol package again. So it's it's still not like quite unlimited. I think that could be dangerous. You have like a certain number per day, but I think I couldn't drink that many per day or I would die. Yeah. So <laughs> it feels unlimited. Oh, my goodness. Well, have fun. When are you going? We're going in mid-July, so I'm very excited about it. Well, that's really exciting. It really is. I would like to go with you. <laughs> Speaking of, um, so how are you going to integrate intermittent fasting into the cruise, or how how are you going to do all of that? Well, that's a great question, and I like to think of, as I've said before, intermittent fasting is a lifestyle, and in my lifestyle, I live a certain way with intermittent fasting. I usually wait till dinner to open my window. I usually eat within a five-hour or shorter window. But cruising is not part of my day-to-day lifestyle. It's a special occasion. So I could go into it and say, I'm going to stick to one meal a day on this cruise, but I'm not going to. I, I Actually, the first time I went on a cruise after I hit my goal weight was in the spring of 2015. And I said to myself, I mean, I was honestly saying, I am going to stick to a five-hour window on this cruise ship. I'm going to wait till dinner to open my window. So we walked on board, walked up to the pool where they're selling the drink of the day. And I said, I'm going to have a drink now and then I'm going to eat. So (laughs) it literally lasted till I saw the food. So yeah, I I learned right then I could have the best intentions. But there is that that vacation mindset. And I don't go on many vacations. We really go on one one vacation per year. And so I'm going to enjoy myself. Now, I don't want to feel bad on vacation. So I'm not going to wake up and start eating at 7 a.m. and eat nonstop because that would be miserable. What I um, found that I have kind of gravitated towards on the, the cruises, I don't eat till maybe lunchtime. I may start off with a a tropical drink and a little bit plate of something. And I I really gravitate to more of a two meal a day plan on the cruise. And I would say most days I eat within an eight to 10 hour window. So it's not my normal intermittent fasting routine, but it's not eating nonstop all day long either. But there is so much to choose from. And and you don't have to eat at all. That's the thing. You go to dinner and it's a multi-course meal and you order whatever you want. I mean, you could literally order like five entrees if you wanted to. They would let you. I do not. I do not, of course, do that. (laughs) But I I order what sounds good and I eat just enough of it and I never feel deprived. Now, do I gain weight on a cruise? Probably. But I don't weigh (laughs) right after I get home. In fact, I don't weigh anymore. As I've said, I, I haven't weighed for over a year. But yeah, your pants are a little tight when you get off. But just you're back to normal within a week. That's been my experience. I find, well, I, like I have said, I haven't been on a cruise. Um, but when I personally travel on vacation, I personally, I tend to stick s- still to my one meal a day just because I find, well, I definitely don't start eating, like you said, um, constantly throughout the day. Because if I, I find that if I do go back to a regular pattern of eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, then I just go back to my old self where I just want to eat constantly and it doesn't feel good no it doesn't feel good 
but I will be more lenient, slightly more lax with the window, um, and I'm not as like crazy and rigid as I normally am. So I definitely think it can make you can make it work. I personally love uh, following intermittent fasting while traveling because it does allow you to still especially if you're doing lunch and dinner or if you're still just doing dinner, it allows you to completely indulge in the the cuisine and like the joy of eating while traveling, but with minimal side effects as it were. Exactly. And I'm not going to eat in the car on the way, you know, driving to Miami. I'm not going to use that as an excuse to just eat, you know, nonstop. We used to stop at gas stations and just eat garbage when we traveled. It's so I'm not going to do that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's great for like road trips. We called it eating crap from the gas station. Like, that's what my boys, my children called it. <laughs> yeah. that, that food always would make me feel so gross after. But, oh, I, yeah. but I wanted it. I would, like, look forward to when we were going to get off an exit and pick out our wonderful snack that made me feel gross. <laughs> yep. And all the fast food. So I'll just skip all that. No. I'll wait till I get on board and then whatever looks good, I'll have it. It's great for, for airplane traveling. Uh, because you don't have to worry about finding airport food or what you're going to eat on the plane. It's just so stress-free. It really is. You don't have to eat unless you're traveling with people who eat a lot and then they're like worried about (laughs) where they're going to eat and you have to follow them around (laughs) while they eat. (laughs) I used to always eat and on the plane I'd always eat the little snacks they would bring kind of just because it was there. Like the biscotti and the peanuts. Oh, yeah. That just make you thirsty and feel... <laughs> it's true. Um, actually, and I read... So I found a really fascinating um, 2002 study. And it was looking at how to avoid jet lag by using intermittent fasting. Have you read this one? I have not. Yeah, so they... Lo- they let's see. They did it on... They looked at 186 personnel in the National Guard... And they looked to see how using an alternating fasting and feasting protocol could help their jet lag. And they found that those who implemented fasting, they were 7.5 times less likely to experience jet flag, jet, jet flag, jet lag, um, and 16.2 times less likely to do it on the return. That's very interesting. Yeah. So, so the way that they did it in the study um, was they advocated fasting before um, before traveling and then while actually traveling, but making sure that you had adequate water. And then once you arrived at your destination, you would eat the food in the new time zone and that would re- reset your clock. And I've personally found that to work for me. Like, cause I'll have um, crazy hours here and there um, with various like film sets or things like that. I know that's not jet lag, but regardless of my hours, once I eat my, my meal, my dinner and my dinner time, kind of tells my body okay this is dinner now we're going to bed like it's really great for resetting your rhythm that makes sense your body's used to eating it at the time before bed and so you're like here I am it's right before bed yeah so if you're traveling and you're struggling with jet lag I would suggest that you try fasting before fasting during and then when you get to your new location whatever time window you personally do, restart that window in your new location in line with the new location that you're in. Right. And then maybe you can avoid jet lag. Who knew? Excellent tip. <laughs> so anything else about traveling and intermittent fasting? I think I think we hit the highlights. Just 
again, if I were going on a month-long cruise around the world, I would have a different attitude towards it. But I'm going to be there for four days. And so you can you can be relaxed for four days. But not if you're on a cruise for a month, congratulations that is your lifestyle and yeah you do need you do need to intermittent fast or Actually, fast intermittently that's a great point to bring up um like growing up we used to go to sanibel island in florida and we'd go for like a month to a month and right. a half so there i'm obviously i would stick i mean i wasn't doing it then but now i would stick to my delineated one meal a day but exactly. like for four days oh definitely it's right. like not oh yes it's not, not even a question um All right. Wonderful. Hi, friends. Now, if you're anything like me, you love biohacking, intermittent fasting, and getting feedback and data on what our bodies are doing. Now, when we do intermittent fasting or extended or prolonged fasting, it's hard to get feedback sometimes on how our bodies are doing in terms of fat burning and ketosis. This is one of the reasons that I created the Tone Device, which is a breath ketone analyzer. It can tell you the rate of fat burning your body is in by detecting the ketones on your breath. If you practice intermittent fasting, time-restricted eating, do an occasional 24-hour fast like once a week, or prolonged or extended fasting, it's likely your body is getting into light ketosis. If you are doing keto or low-carb, even sometimes paleo, you may be getting into a deeper state of fat burning and ketosis. If you do a high-carb diet, then you probably get into a light state of ketosis after some fasting. What I love about the tone is that you can simply breathe into it for about four to five seconds and it will give you instant feedback on the rate of fat burning that your body is at. Now, when we are in ketosis, our bodies are at their highest rate of fat burning, which is what is so neat. We actually breathe out our fat. So the carbons that we are measuring with the tone device are actually coming from our fat. When we practice different approaches like intermittent fasting or doing time-restricted eating, lower-carb diets or keto approaches, our bodies actually make a metabolic switch where fat becomes our primary fuel. And the body takes fat and converts it into ketones in the liver. About 15 to 20% of those circulating ketones are then diffused through our lungs, out in our breath. And it is so amazing. I absolutely love using the tone every single day. I love the biofeedback, especially when I am doing any kind of fasting. And I can see my body gradually get into a deeper and deeper state of fat burning through those ketone levels going higher and higher. Now, one of the reasons I created the tone is because testing blood ketones is cost prohibitive. The test strips are extremely expensive. They are wasteful. You no longer have to buy test strips anymore. You can just breathe into the tone device for four to five seconds and get that instant feedback. It's a one-time investment and you'll be able to test an unlimited amount of times. I always recommend testing with the tone device fasted first thing in the morning and testing up until you have your first meal of the day and you will be able to see different Differences there, especially if you do a longer fast, you'll see the ketones go higher and higher, and it really is so great to get that biofeedback. Now, for the past year and a half, I've been working on a brand new version of the tone, the second generation tone device, and I am so excited for it to soon be available to you all. I wanted to create a special launch discount for the 
tone device so that any of you who are interested can take advantage of that discount. I've never discounted the tone device before, but if you are signed up to the exclusive VIP list, you will receive that launch discount. To sign up for the list, you can go to tonedevice.com and enter your name and email address and you will receive an email which you can confirm to double opt-in and you'll be the first to know when the new second generation tone device is available to order and you will also receive that exclusive launch discount. I am so excited for you all to try it so be sure to go and sign up at tonedevice.com. All right now back to our show. All right, so we can jump into the listener Q&A section of our podcast. So I will go ahead and read the first one. And this one comes from Lindsay. And the subject is calories. And she says, Hey, ladies, thanks so much for the awesome podcast. I've been doing IF 16.8 for about a month now and am loving the lifestyle change. My question is for people that do one meal a day. I guess I am not understanding how you are getting enough calories for the day. Without coming off as judgmental, I have seen some of Jin's posts about the dinner, and I'd be hard-pressed to believe that any of those meals are over 800 to 1,000 calories a day. Is it really healthy for us only to be consuming such a small amount of calories per day? I can't wait to hear some insight on this. So, Jen, would you like yeah, I to... Think- I do. I think that's a great question. I do often post my my main part of my meal on uh, my Facebook groups because I want to see I want people to see what I'm eating, that I'm eating a variety of foods. But you're right, the actual photo I post probably, I mean I don't count calories. Let me say that right off the bat. I've said that before, but you're right. Those meals themselves probably are around that calorie range. But the thing is, is that that's not all I'm eating (laughs) in my window. (laughs) That's not my whole window. That is my meal. So the way I do one meal a day, it's within a two to five hour window of eating every single day. So I often will have a snack before I eat my dinner or I'll snack while I'm preparing, like while I'm cooking the food. Then I have the meal. Then later I may have dessert. So you're not seeing everything that I'm eating in that photo. But that being said, you know I don't count calories. I eat to satiety. I eat until I'm full, not stuffed, but satisfied every day. And it doesn't always look the same. So what if, let's just say in a crazy sort of way, that I was actually eating a low amount of calories every day. Would that be bad? And the answer to that is actually probably not. Um, there's a, a train of scientific research called calorie restriction, and calorie restriction is all about longevity. And they've been doing research on calorie restriction in animals since the 1930s, and they have found that over time, you know, they've started it off, of course, with non-humans. They did research in rats and mice and monkeys. It's hard to do this in actual people, you know, making them eat fewer calories over a long period of time may not feel like an ethical practice, but when they read, when they fed the rats and the mice 30% fewer calories than typical, these rats and mice live 40% longer. And and this is consistent over time. They have found this over and over again. Um, there's actually a, a new research study out. This will be linked in the show notes. And it was just put out in 2017. They've been following some monkeys, which are, of course, a lot more similar to humans 
than rats and mice, but they've given these monkeys 30% less food based on calories, and it's delayed the effects of aging. They, they live longer. Um, they actually have one monkey in the study that is 43 years old, and they're calling that a longevity record for this type of monkey in captivity. The average oh, wow. age is t- 26 years, and this monkey is 43 oh, wow. years old and still kicking as wow. of January. <laughs> I mean, some, this monkey could have kicked the bucket since January, but even so, it's you know been, been living longer than other monkeys. So am I eating a smaller number of calories than a typical person my – I don't know. I don't count them, but I eat until I'm satisfied. If I am eating fewer calories, it doesn't seem to me like it's going to be harmful since all research on calorie restriction in animals shows that it actually has many health benefits. So I'm not worried about it. Yes. What do you you think, Melanie? I agree completely. Um, (laughs) I I say it's pretty much known, but I guess it's not pretty much known, but Calorie restriction is the most studied dietary approach for longevity, which is pretty fascinating. Although now they're doing more and more studies on intermittent fasting and they're finding similar effects. And that we've talked about that in previous podcasts. Um, And one thing I want to point out is in today's society, I feel like the one of the last things we need to worry about is not consuming enough calories just because we are so often gravitating towards the complete extreme opposite compared to how we were as historical human beings we historically ate less we had to do a lot of work to get our food we were more active whereas now we're much more sedentary there's food available 24 7 um, so in general, it's, I mean, it's fortunate that we have access to food and I'm completely grateful for that. And I, it's wonderful. I'm not, um, trying to say that we should be starving or anything like that, but I do think in general, that's not a concern for most people, um, unless you have disordered eating or something like that. Um, but right. in general, I, I don't think worrying about getting enough calories is a pressing issue. And then speaking to that, you will find with doing intermittent fasting that, at least for me, and I believe for you as well, Jen, we've talked about this before, that your your appetite naturally um, adjusts to what you need. So if you do need to be consuming more calories, you're probably going to be hungrier next right. time you eat again. Like your body is smart. It'll adjust accordingly. And then also there are little little things here and there, such as um, intermittent fasting encourages enhanced nutrient partitioning. So it means that you basically become better at using the, f- the food that you do eat. So you use those calories better. They're more likely to be used for growth and renewal. So you might actually need less calories than if you were eating throughout the day. That makes sense. But yeah, I don't, I don't worry about it at all. I feel good. I I'm pretty sure I'm getting more nutrients than I used to because I used to eat a lot more garbage. Now yeah. I crave healthier foods. So I, I just do not worry that I'm not eating enough. Some days I'll have my meal and then four hours later before I go to bed, I'm like, you know, I'm hungry again. I'll eat more. Yeah. And I'm I can. the same way. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes I'm like really hungry and I eat a ton and some days I'm not. And I don't worry about it either way. I just right. eat to satiety. Yeah. So wonderful. Perfect. All right. All right. Let me read the next listener question. And this one is from Sandy. And the subject is potassium. 
And Sandy says, should a person doing IF take electrolytes, magnesium, sodium, potassium? If so, how much? Thank you. What do you say to that? Okay. So, and I I just read a study the other day that mentioned something about this, and I thought this was fascinating. So do you know why we don't crave these things? Like we just crave salt, really, but we don't crave... Like we like nobody's like oh I'm craving potassium <laughs> no no oh. I don't know why. <laughs> so it's probably because historically as hunter gatherers eating the whole foods that they ate they automatically got all of these minerals from their food supply so we never developed cravings for them specifically whereas we needed to specifically for like protein we developed cravings we developed cravings um, for sugar because we needed carbs for energy. But these minerals, we kind of just got them thrown in along the way. Well, that's um, cool. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that's the first point. And the second point was those minerals aren't automatically – I mean, they're super important, but they're not completely necessary for reproduction. <laughs> so, like, you need energy to reproduce. That's more important than these minerals. So that's another reason that we probably crave – energy like carbs and fat right. and not these minerals. So I just thought that was really cool. Um, but that does mean that we don't naturally crave these minerals. So how do you know if you're getting enough? Um, what I like to do personally is I don't stress about getting enough minerals because I make sure, or during my fast, I don't stress about it because I make sure that I get enough um, in the foods that I'm eating um, so that's how I like to really address that issue. And so like I'll go through each one because I do supplement a little bit. So I'll go through the ones that she mentioned. So starting with sodium. So if you are eating a standard diet or if you're eating salt, um, most foods have salt added. So the problem today for a lot of people is having too much salt. Um, if you're only eating whole foods, then you actually might be lower on salt. So I, for salt, I recommend going by taste and going by what you're craving, unless you have some weird regulation where you're just craving salt all the time. Um, but I do recommend just go like salting your food to taste. And I personally like to use, um, Himalayan salt or sea salt. Um, how do you feel about the salt issue? I'm very similar, similar to you. I feel like you. we don't have to worry about not getting enough if we're just eating foods. and. So I do think, because um, I, I just mentioned this, I think most people don't have to worry consuming like a normal diet. But I did find I went paleo when I went paleo. Um, I realized I went quite a few years without barely adding like any salt. Oh. So I do think that if you are eating all whole foods, that's why you might want to go the route of adding, you know, Himalayan or sea salt to taste. Right. Um, also something to point out, modern salt. So the salt that you get in our standard food supply is iodized. And so that's a very good source of iodine. If you're cutting out processed foods and cutting out that salt, you might be getting less iodine than before. So I would recommend consuming or eating seafoods. Um, yeah, seafood particularly is good for iodine, but that's just something to point out. Yeah, that's an excellent point. As for the other the other uh, electrolytes, so magnesium and potassium. Um, well, first of all, those are found naturally in similar whole foods. Dark leafy greens, fish. Well, okay, well, potassium is in dark vegetables, fish, avocado, banana, 
Magnesium is also in dark greens, nuts, seeds, fish, banana. Um, I personally, though, I do supplement with magnesium. Magnesium is like a god of a of a mineral. Um, it can do wonderful things for you, especially if you struggle with being stressed or muscle mm-hmm. cramps or sleep. It's fantastic um, for that. And once you do that, I feel like once you start supplementing, you might never go back. It's um, true. Like- I supplement with magnesium as well, and I take it every night at bedtime. Mm-hmm. And I did an experiment last week just to see, and I couldn't sleep, so I added it back yeah, in. So it's yes, crazy. <laughs> they found that. Um, so it takes a while. A lot. Most of us are magnesium deficient, and it actually takes a while for the magnesium to build up again in your body, like all throughout your body. Um, but once it does that, it actually they found that it reduces your your like your cortisol stress ceiling it like it lowers it um so basically it makes you or i don't know if it'd be lowering it or hiring it it makes you get less stressed right it's good good for handling anxiety and stress Mm -hmm. that's amazing Mm -hmm. um so there are three three basic ways you can supplement with that um so you do the natural calm right is that what you or how do you no i don't i'll have just a supplement that i yeah that's not me i just what do you see um I've been taking magnesium citrate, but then I've just watched something that talks about that is like not the best kind. So I'm switching to glycinate, I think, at bedtime. I have some of that too. And then another kind that I can't remember the name of right now, but I'm going to maybe take one of those in the morning. Okay. That's, yeah. So one of them is better for sleeping. The glycinate is supposed to be great for, for sleep. So I'm going to try the glycinate at night. And then the other one, I can't remember the name of it, in the morning. Yeah, there's quite a few different magnesiums. Right. I don't want to like go on a crazy magnesium tangent, but I do think this is a big um, topic to tackle. Yeah, there's like glycinate, there's orinate, gluconate, right. citrate. There's so many. So honestly, you might just need to find the one that works for you. A lot of people do well with ionized versions. It makes the magnesium more bioavailable to the body. So like I just started taking one called natural ionic magnesium. Um, and we'll, in the show notes, we'll put links to all of these things. So that version is actually magnesium. Let's see. It's magnesium chloride in a bioavailable form. I also take natural calm, which is a citrate version, I believe, but it is, um, it's ionized as well. It's really bioavailable. And then what I've also been doing, I've started taking, um, or I've started using transdermal magnesium. Are you familiar with that? I do. I actually have some that in a lotion form. Okay. Yeah. I have a magnesium oil. And so that's one that where you rub it into your skin. And a lot of people believe that that's actually the best way to really build up magnesium in your cells. I will warn you when you start using it, it can sting. Um, you put it on and that's just because your body is sucking it in so fast, um, that it actually can create a little bit of pain, but the more you do it, um, and the more you build up your magnesium, the less it should hurt. Yes. I use it if I have like cramping, Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll get foot cramps in the, um, in the winter, especially when I wear like a certain pair of boots that I have and I'll rub the, the magnesium and it really helps with that. And I found the, the magnesium that I just ordered. It's 308. Okay. I don't know if that's how you say it. I Three and eight. that one. Well, we'll see. Yeah. It was just, it was recommended for just a feeling of calm during the day. So. Nice. Nice. So yes. Oh, you can also do Epsom salts. Um, you can do magnesium salt baths as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then one last thing I'll throw out there about the electrolytes. 
what I like to do as well, and I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but I like to take, I put concentrated trace mineral drops into my water and that just really covers a whole spectrum. Like the one I have has magnesium chloride, sodium, potassium, sulfate, lithium, boron, and then literally like 20 other, oh, 72 other ionic trace (laughs) minerals. Um, So I just add that to my water. It doesn't break the fast. It just adds some nice light minerals during the day. And I found that that's really helpful. That sounds like a great idea. Last question. I'll go ahead and read this. And this comes from Lisa. The subject is, sorry, (laughs) whoosh effect. I never said that word out loud. (laughs) Um, Or (laughs) the whoosh effect on fat loss. And Lisa says, could you explain the idea of the whoosh? Is it whoosh? (laughs) Whoosh? I I guess whoosh. I say whoosh. The whoosh effect. Whoosh effect with fat loss. Um, Jen, would you like to talk about that? I would be glad to because the whoosh effect is famous among dieters and people who are losing weight. I've seen it over the years on low-carb support groups, regular diet groups, my intermittent fasting Facebook groups. We all talk about the whoosh effect. And I will say I haven't seen specific scientific research that supports exactly what's happening in the body, but there I've read theories about it and what people think is happening and how it seems to work really fits into this. It, it's a water balance issue. So this is a theory and it's anecdotal, but this is what usually people see. You know, people are losing weight and it's happening a little bit at a time and then you'll maybe plateau for a while and your weight doesn't change, but you're not doing anything differently and your weight just stays the same. And then all of a sudden you'll wake up one morning and boom, you're down three pounds, five pounds, something crazy like that. I mean, did you just suddenly lose five pounds overnight? No. So that's what we call the whoosh effect. And the theory is that your body may be holding onto water And some people claim it goes into your fat cells. There's some famous photo, or not a photo, but it's like a cartoon drawing that people always share. I've seen it for years, and it shows like a fat cell in this drawing. And it shows like first it's full of fat, and then the fat goes away, and now it's being replaced by water kind of as a placeholder in the fat cell. And then over time, the cell is now full of water. And once the cells are full of water, then all of a sudden the body will say, hey, let's get rid of this water, and then whoosh. You, you lose a bunch of pounds overnight. So anecdotally, that's what a lot of people experience, and it, it makes sense. Um, I'm not sure if it's completely scientific, but it's very, very normal to lose weight all at once instead of, you know, a mathematical tiny bit every day. What are your thoughts on that, Melanie? I think you said it perfectly. Oh, good. <laughs> I have always <laughs> wondered if that's what's actually happening, that, like, they say that – you know, the fat cell fills up with water and then it just randomly lets it go. Mm-hmm. Um, but And well, it makes sense because people will often say they go to the bathroom a whole lot, like right when it's happening, like all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're in the bathroom all day and then the next day they wake up several pounds lighter. So it does seem to be some something with the water balance. Yeah. I think it, it also speaks to just the whole reason that we shouldn't fixate on yep. weight every day. Exactly. Because there's just so much going on, especially with water, and there's just no reason to beat ourselves up for just 
it's just silly. You know? It is. And like, we just don't even know. Um, as long as you're following, you know, making nice food choices and doing your intermittent fasting lifestyle, you're going to see results and you're going to be benefiting your body. And yeah, so I wouldn't encourage you to focus on the scale or even on, even on the whoosh effect. Right. <laughs> um, well, just- I like, I like to tell people, that intermittent fasting is a health plan with a side effect of weight loss. Oh, that's like Because like really that. that's what it is. I mean, look, I'll I'll be 100% honest. I started it for weight loss and I wanted to see weight loss. But the more I've learned about intermittent fasting, the more I realize that's really backwards. And some people need to heal first before your body's going to release fat. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on in your body and you can't force it to do what you want it to do. Mm-hmm. So we need to be its friend. Exactly. Love your body. Yes. <laughs> Get all emotional. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, this was this was wonderful. Um, so if you have questions for the podcast as well, we would love to hear them. And two ways you can do that, you can go to our website. That's ifpodcast.com. You can submit questions there. Also on that website, we'll have show notes. So you can go to uh, the show notes about today's episode, and we will link to the various studies that we mentioned, as well as the different products that we use, like the magnesium and the minerals and all of that stuff. Or you can also email questions at ifpodcast.com and we will get your questions there as well. And then lastly, if you enjoyed today's podcast, we would love if you could write us a review on iTunes. Uh, That really helps so, so much. So yes, um, any other thoughts, Jen? I don't think so. It's been a great show and um, I'm loving, loving seeing these questions. Yeah. So have thank fun. you. Have fun on your cruise. Well, we got a or long I guess time. that, oh yeah, that will be a while. That will be a while. <laughs> we'll, we'll have many more episodes Never in mind. between there. But, yeah. <laughs> I take that back. <laughs> it's, but I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying planning it. That's, oh, perfect. Have fun planning Like what are we going to do in Cozumel? I'm planning it. Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you next Monday. All, All right. Thank bye. you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, the opinions we discussed on this show do not constitute medical advice. We're not doctors. Check out ifpodcast.com for more information on us. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.